You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we deeply dive into the shows we see. In this episode, we are discussing the new off-Broadway production through Roundabout titled The Refuge Plays. I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. And I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. Let's explore The Refuge Plays off-Broadway. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Half hour. Welcome to today's show. And before we get started, we always like to let our listeners know that we will have some spoilers in this discussion about the show. So if you still want to see it first, that's okay. Go check it out and then come back and listen to this episode. That being said, here is a little overview of the show. The Refuge Plays starts on a dark night in the woods of Southern Illinois. There, there, a ghost tells Gail that she will die within the next 24 hours. That's just the beginning. The new play premiering this fall is a surprising and bold take on the classic American drama, twisting and overthrowing the genre to create something exciting, memorable, and daringly fresh. The Refuge Plays is playing at the Laura Pells Theater until November 12th and is part of the roundabout season. Great. So there that was a lot yeah <laughs> uh, um well there was about, a lot because it was over three hours this play too <laughs> which there's a lot to talk about here right woo! so let's go first to my let's you go to, you get to go first this time all right. in this episode give me your take on your on the plot and the thoughts your thoughts okay i would like to first start with this was very long it was over three hours long uh a play. You can say that Broadway. again. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like the Laura Pell's Theater. I like Roundabout's Off-Broadway Seasons. It's in Midtown. There was some nice acting in this show. Um, and by the way, this is written by Nathan Allen Davis and directed by Patricia McGregor. Um, here's my overall thoughts. The concept of this, starting in the present and then moving backwards into Act 2 and then moving backwards into Act 3, was kind of cool. It was like, it made you as an audience think, and I always will appreciate a playwright making an audience think and Mm -hmm. saying, oh, that's that person. Oh, that's how that. So it's smart in that way. However, it didn't need to be that long. I understand there's a lot of family that we wanted to talk about. There was some magical theater moments in here. There was mystery. It was a family drama. We didn't need it to be that long. I don't understand why this was so long. I just, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, it was it was a lot of filler. I hate to say that for anybody writing because I don't. I think everything's written for a reason. Uh, but it was very very long. But the concept and this idea of early, who was played by Nicole Ari Parker, who I thought was a wonderful performer and really had a lot to do in this show. You know, when she was as the older woman in the beginning, the great grandma, I was like, oh. Is, is she really an elderly person? And she played mm-hmm. elderly really well. And then she, we went into act two and I was like, okay, she's playing middle age. And then she played young mother in the beginning in act three. 
But I will say one thing from a play rates perspective, I needed to go back full circle. If there's something I needed as an audience member, it was at the end of this bookend it for me, bring everything, everyone back on and show us the ghosts of the family or something, or like now we're back in the present day and it's all tied up like a bow and we see all the generations come together. I kind of unfortunately left there saying, wait, 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 now I want to go back to that first scene. Now I want to go back. I want to see how she was giving that advice because she was giving advice that made sense when we saw it in act three. And I kind of wanted to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I want to go back and kind of rewatch act one. But it would have been four hours and I couldn't do four hours. You know what I mean? So do you kind of agree with me, Jeff? I don't know. There was something that was missing about the backtracing, which was cool in theory, but didn't 100% work for me in the context of putting the whole thing together. What do you think? I agree. Okay. (laughs) I feel that, yes, this did not need to be three hours at all. I already could trim the fat within the acts down way more there was just things like i don't know we were getting in the writing movie scene things Mm -hmm. kind of happening that just doesn't work on the stage and i kind of would love to know why some of it was like included and kept um which is something i definitely would love to talk about with someone from this show because i'm like I'm sitting here. First of all, it started very late. Well, and- let's wait, 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 wait. Let's, I forgot to mention this. We, y'all listen, we always like to say, a, like, when we were at the show, this happened. <laughs> I've never seen in my whole life of seeing a lot of theater, professional theater, specifically in New York, I've never seen a show start as late as, it started about 25 minutes late. Yeah. And here's what disappointed me the most with that, Jeff. As an audience, we were not told what happened. You don't need to tell me specifically what happened. Was an actor arriving late to the theater? Was there a technical issue? But there was just about 15 minutes past when it was supposed to start. There was this like, oh, everyone get ready. We're going to start soon. I think you owe it to a paying audience to say, we're having an issue. We're planning to start in five minutes. Thank you for your patience. So for a show that's three hours to start 25 minutes late, it was now three hours and 25 minutes. We were in the theater and we had two intermissions, but I was like, no, we can't start this late, not for a show that long. So unfortunately it started and roundabout, listen, I'm going to say how it is. You owe it to your paying audience to kind of describe a stage manager or house manager coming out and explaining what's going on. Maybe not in full detail if it's a privacy issue, but just a, Hey, we're planning on starting in five to seven minutes. This is what's up. If you need to go use the restroom or get water, we got about five more minutes. Right. I don't think that's right to start a show in New York city, 25 minutes late and not advertise it as such. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. It was a simple, like, Hey, we're having technical difficulties that you could have came out here and put an announcement on. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that being (laughs) said, I think we were already annoyed with that going on. Like, hello, we already know that this is a long piece and we're fully there to be invested and sit down into this piece. I was completely fine with that. For me, it seemed like telling the story in reverse seemed like it was trying to be something creative when it actually hindered the show for me almost. Hmm. Because I was 
too often trying to figure out who was the character related to, is this the mom, is this the son? And I shouldn't, as an audience member, be sitting there saying, okay, who is that? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, that person's alive now. They're not a ghost anymore. Oh, um, okay, fine, sure. And I'm spending way too much trying to figure out who the character is. Mm. To eventually, when we get to act three, and I'm realizing, oh, it took me until act three to almost realize that early was the grandmother in act one. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have to do that. I know mm-hmm. that we sometimes like a little bit of the creativity and like your thoughtful process, but that's not what was needed here. Right. And I think that was a big struggle for me. So from the plot standpoint, there's a lot in there for the family drama that I like, mm-hmm. you know, parents disowning you for wanting to have a baby, Uh, moving through the generations, being this outdoor wilderness woman, like, hear me roar. I am the, you know, the leader of this home. You're going to listen to me. Like, there's so much of that. And I love that. But I think we missed so much of it because we're trying to figure out this reverse timeline the whole time. And it does it does make you think back to when act one, when early as the great grandmother, she, she goes and kills the chicken or the turkey or something. And then you see earlier on how she did that. It, 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 to me, it brought back to like, oh yeah, when you think of grandparents, we don't know our grandparents when they were 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 yeah. years old, you know? So what was their life like before we came around? And how, when you see them older, you don't know what they went through a long time ago. And I think that that, that I, I did like, and it came way too late in the show and it was way too exhausting. To, we were like 11, 15 at night, or I think we were getting out of the show. But there were some actually really nice poignant, beautiful moments in Act 3 between Daniel J. Watts' character as Eddie and Early. I believe those were the two. There were some nice moments. Yeah. Like I was watching a film and I was watching some two people meeting for the first time. I just wish it was earlier in the show. And that's what I would say. It was It was nice to see life. It's kind of like, not to compare it to The Notebook, but it's kind of like when you look back on a couple and how they are older and younger, there's nothing wrong with that. But I know, but they didn't do it like the notebook, the, where the notebook is telling a story and you're having flashback moments. This, you're actually watching the story in reverse, but no one's telling you the story. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. There was like no narrator or no right. consistent. And then there was like these magical moments. And I'll I'll say um, Reginald... And Clydette, the grandparents, is like the goat. We think we're like the ghosts across the river, right? In Act Two, they were great. I like really loved yeah. them in Act Two, and I was like really hoping for more of that. And then I was hoping, like, should we have more mystery magic? Like, maybe there wasn't enough of that, Jeff. Like, I think there were moments where we were like, oh, this is kind of cool and this is mysterious, but like, wait, is that a person? Is that real? Instead of maybe more theatrical magic, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just a thought well, I overall. Think, well, I think what's also interesting like to talk about here is the design of this show. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome back. And when you look at the design and the act the first act looking at the home mm-hmm. and we're inside the home and then in the second act we're outside of the home but we see the home mm-hmm. and then in the third act there's no home mm-hmm. and i'm very curious as to why we went through those generations of the home as well but we never went through the generations of the home in the same place Makes sense. Mm, yeah, sure. And that kind of comes down to a set design perspective. The set was drastically changed every act. Yeah. You know, and they brought a car on stage. I mean, they had no problem with bringing some of those elements in. The home was important. The home was the generations. And then you saw the younger people in act one. I actually would love to see this play like told in reverse. Like if we started with act three, then act two, then act one how that would be perceived, you know? Right, but here's my issue with the first act. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> I'm already doing it wrong because I, I keep calling act one, yeah. but it's really act three. Mm-hmm. I feel like act three and act two could have been combined. Mm-hmm. Act three had so much filler in there that we didn't need 45 minutes or however many minutes it was of them kind of just meeting. It, it was a, it, there was a disconnect in there for me because I didn't think we had enough character development with some of the other characters that they mattered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of extra characters and I wish we had, I don't want to say you never want to wish for less. I mean, a lot of people were working on this show, but it was a lot of characters that we never saw again or heard of again. If there was references to them later, I could, there was a lot of characters, especially in Act 1, that we never really heard from ever again no. you know, or saw again. And I, I feel like something that's interesting, and it's a great question kind of to talk about here, is like the ghosts kind of were never... <sighs> It was never established properly for me. Mm. The spirits. Mm -hmm. So we get to act three and they start talking about it a little bit about the spirits that are there. And he's like, there's spirits here. And I, I needed a little bit more. Like I didn't need them talking about the food that he had in his car for how long they talked about the food. It was a long time. I needed more depth on why this ground is sacred to Early's character, why she needs to stay there and live there, and what is the meaning of spirit in that space? Mm-hmm. Because going, if we go in reverse, the way that the show is written, the spirits are there. The spirits are surrounding this home. 
we meet them, we meet some of them in Act 1, we also meet some of them in Act 2, but why were they there? Mm. It's never established. Right? Yeah, and I also feel like when you're looking at this, like an American family drama, this is, you know, an African-American family and their life story over many generations. I love that because yeah. I think that it's nice to see the, the the loves, the joys, the tragedies, the, the struggles, and everything in between. And we're seeing different generations handle life in this town of Southern Illinois. And that is important. And that is special. And that is nice. It's just some architectural, structural play things that I think I had more issues with than the actual substance. And the question I have for you that I'd really love to know your thoughts on is, this is titled The Refuge Plays. Plays is plural. It's not titled The Refuge Play. It's titled The Refuge Plays. So my first question is, why do you think that we're using the word refuge? And my second question is, why plays plural? What are your thoughts on that? Maybe something great to ask the director or the playwright. What do you think? I'm thinking, because I think that's a little bit of a hard question to answer when you don't fully know. Like, well, Why? Because I still look at this and I'm like, is she a refuge because she needed to leave her family or she was getting disowned from her family? I don't know. That's like my surfacey kind of response to this. I struggled with what the title means and why it's plays because I thought I was going to get almost a trilogy play kind of thing, three different styles yeah. of plays. And instead we still followed the same family. And so if, if it was, if it was titled the refuge play, you'd be like, okay, this is the play about the refuge. Okay. I understand. But plays lead me to believe that we have multiple plays when we're watching one play over three acts, but there must be a reason like, this is why I would love to maybe kind of talk to the playwright a little even too, and say like, why would you title it? that? You know? Yeah. And so, listen, I think there's some nice moments here. We laughed a little. I got a little emotional at times. I was with it. I And and, and this kind of talks about a broader perspective of off-Broadway in general and length of play. Why are we – you know what's so interesting, Jeff? Why do we see <laughs> – have you noticed lately we're only seeing either 90-minute shows or three-hour shows? <laughs> I feel like musicals and plays are getting like two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes or plays revivals, especially two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, three hours, or it's like 90 minutes in and out, no intermission, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. What happened to like just a two hour play? Like, I don't know. To me, the sweet spot of a show, two hours and I'll do even better. A 15 minute intermission where the first act is an hour then you have a 15-minute intermission, and the second act is 45 minutes. I kind of like that. Well, you can't really predict that. It's no, it's I know, but I the, like it's the, based on the writing. I just what think, I think that this being over three here, hours was quite lengthy for a new work. I three over three hours when not every line is is filling you in on exactly what we need to know. That's well, I think that's what we're me. talking about here. Is right. there was a lack? There was a lack of going in depth to what was actually being said in the writing of this show. So when we look at this, I would say, oh, does that need to be in here? I don't ever want to look at a show and say, does that need to be in here? Because in this show, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that didn't need to be in there. It didn't drive the actual plot Mm -hmm. along. 
mm-hmm. and I'm saying to myself, why is this happening? Don't make me angry. Like, don't right. make me sit here and say, oh, you know, I could write something better or fill something in there. Like, no, I, I don't want to feel that. I want to leave the theater and, and say, what was this writer trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think in some of the things I'm singing, he wasn't telling me anything. And that's how I felt. And yeah. I and I still leave and I'm trying to say to myself, I didn't find the journey with Early's character from the three acts. And I but if you're not gonna go back to act one, I find that I wonder if there's a way, and this is maybe a directorial thing or a writing thing. Why couldn't Early have been there at the end? She's with him in the car, and all of a sudden, all of her future family appear behind her. Like we're your future and you're, you know, this is a little cheesy, corny metaphor. You're going to drive into your future. And here we are, your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. And here we are, and we're going to be your future. You have a future and we're here. That kind of warmed my heart and said, there's all those actors from two and a half hours ago. Yeah. You know, well, I don't I mean, know. That could have been but, so nice. But that brings the element of theater there. And listen, are we talking about this as if we thought this was a Broadway show? I know it's playing off Broadway, but we do hold off Broadway, especially this, when you're of part course, of professional the roundabout theater. season. We do hold off Broadway to the same standard as Broadway. Like I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, if you never go to Broadway, this was your chance. Mm-hmm. And what do you have to offer here? We'll be right back. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Let's jump back into things. Well, listen, I, we, it was a, it's nice to see new works. It's nice to see off-Broadway new works. We don't get a lot of new works like this all the time, you know? And I think it's right. always important to tell stories. Maybe this is based on a real, real story. Maybe it's not. But regardless, you got to tell the new works. You got you to gotta keep them. But I just think this was a very lengthy way to tell <laughs> a new work. For- Do you feel like there was an um, importance to the story? Yes, because I'm always impressed when I see a grandparent or a great-grandparent's life and I say, what was their life like long ago? And what struggles did they deal with? Were they an immigrant? Were they an indigenous person? Were they a native? Were, were they, what is their past? And I, everyone has a story. Everyone has a past. And 
This is important to go three and four generations back to know those struggles. We all have grandparents and great-grandparents that we hear stories of or that we heard directly from the mouth of. And I think that we should always tell those stories. That's where my heart sat with it. So one thing that I'm like thinking about now is – I feel like we talked about this when we left the theater a little bit too, is like the journey of early is very interesting in one way though, because she had a very hard time um, kind of accepting women into her familial space. Mm -hmm. So she had a very hard time when her son was going to, you know, she, he, you know, gets this wife and then she's the one that is in the beginning of the show as Gail and she's told she's going to die in 24 hours. And like, you could see that they never had a relationship together. And then also like, what's the relationship between Gail's daughter now? And then Gail's daughter has a son. And it wasn't until then that the early's character really is like, he's the gift to the world. He's like the bloodline of the man still in there. Mm. And it's very interesting to like, look at that's the bigger conversation that I would want to talk to someone from the show on is what is that connection with her and the women? Because after the first act, we don't really have a lot of that because we don't meet Gail Gail until the end of act two. Mm. So, we never really get the journey of early and any relationship with any of those women until we go back and think about act one again. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. This probably sounds very confusing, but I'm trying to go in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in order. Course. And there is a moment there though, where the grandson or great grandson, it's great grand, great grandson, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep is now bringing a girl into the home Mm. and how she, that was the first time that she was getting ready to welcome a female into the home. Yeah. It's a great point to bring up. And that's where I'm left with the direct, uh, the writing of this. And I would say to the playwright, like that's interesting. And if that, and if this story was told in reverse, I would have left the theater in a different perspective because Mm -hmm. i would have saw the journey from act one to act three and i would have met her and i would have realized that early has this trauma it seems like with women Mm -hmm. and she can't accept them and i don't know if that has anything to do with her generational trauma of like her parents saying you were disowning you but then seeing her actually let someone in and let her guard down. And Mm. is that because maybe she knows that she's going to die soon? Mm. Anyway, just, you know, a little bit of a thinking. If I'm really pulling something out of here, that's where I would go with this. And that's the drama there. But, you know, I don't feel like I should have to work to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's too much working there. And I like dissecting shows and like going in there, but like having to go that far in reverse, if this was a two act show and we did it in reverse and you, you tightened it, it probably would work better. But three acts, you have a lot to remember. And you me- have a lot to remember from act one. Maybe this is not the end of this. Maybe there will be rewrites. Maybe it'll go Maybe. to a Broadway house. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll go to a regional house, you know, next. Um, 
who knows with these, but but grateful for Roundabout for commissioning this and putting this up in their main off Broadway house yeah, and telling I'm not the mad story. About it. I just right. think there's a lot of things that we are left with a lot of questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On why certain things were done and you know, what was the intent? And sometimes theater does that, right? I always say we should talk about we should keep <laughs> talking about it and wondering why. It makes of course. Of so, course. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh, wow, that flew at, by. Uh, that was, what are our recap thoughts on the Refuge Plays Off-Broadway, Jeff? Recap, recap overall thoughts. Well, for who this show is for <laughs> and overall thoughts, well, one, if you definitely want to see it, you better go see it very quickly because it's closing on... November 12th. November 12th. So, go see it. Um, but I think there's some cool things in here. I think there's some cool things in the writing. If you have the time to see it, definitely check it out. Um, is it a perfect show? No. And I would actually love to talk to someone from the show and get deep dive more with them because I think I've seen some of the marketing and advertising for this. And I think that even leaves me a little confused sometimes when I see it because I'm trying to figure out like, what is the intent of the show? So. Totally. I would say overall, it's nice. Like I said earlier, it's nice to see new works. I'm, I like to see family dramas like this. Um, there were some nice acting moments. It is only running for a couple more weeks. So if you're trying to explore some newer works in smaller spaces in Midtown Manhattan, go check it out. Roundabout always put some nice things up there. Um, and yeah, that's how I feel. I think it was nice. And, and hopefully like maybe we could talk to someone from it who you never know. Yeah. Great. So. Well, that does wrap up our discussion of this episode today. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the Refuge plays off-Broadway. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the Refuge plays and any other Broadway and or off-Broadway shows you'd like us to discuss. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review. Your feedback helps us bring more Broadway to you and remember, and off-Broadway to you. <laughs> and remember, you can listen to our past episodes and stay tuned for more upcoming ones Well, as well. Mm-hmm. Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.